welcome, guitar wankers. Yes, welcome to another Guitar Wank Extra. Oh, it's a great one, this one. We're going to have some fun tonight. Oh, I hope you're having fun. This is uh, part two. Part two of uh, Todd Sharp. It's going to be great. And uh, we're going to have lots of fun. You're going to learn a lot about Todd Sharp. And uh, we're going to get into it. Should be fun. If she, if you go to Todd Sharp, <laughs> can you tell I'm just completely bored on a Friday night? <laughs> uh, you know, I did that accent a while ago at a pub. I think Venice Beach, many years ago, and I was playing pool with an Ar- an Irishman, and I'm doing a trying to do a Scottish accent, and I'm telling this Irishman that I'm from Dublin, and like halfway through the pool table, he's a pool game. He's like. So why you why did your accent all of a sudden switch to Scottish? Because clearly I don't have, have any of them down. But anyway, we're having fun tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Just mixing it up. Uh, this is part two <laughs> of uh, Todd Sharp guitar interview with Mr. Todd Sharp from Todd Sharp Amplifiers. If you don't know Todd Sharp, um, well, you should go back and listen to Guitar Wank Extra Part 1 that we did last week, and uh, this is Part 2, but go to Todd Sharp Amplifiers. Um, You know, this is just another fantastic amp builder, and there are so many. I mean, I don't want to get into the whole fucking... Who's better? What's better? Because I think all these guys make amazing shit. They make amazing amplifiers. Bogner, Friedman, um, you know, Sir, Johnny Sir, uh, Todd Sharp, um, Morgan, Victoria. You play Dr. Z. You play any of these amplifiers and you're like, it fucking sounds amazing. It's great stuff. It's all personal choice. It's what do you want? Um, you know, what do you want to sound like? What's your voice? And that's what I'm trying to work out. I mean, I've played... Uh, I spent time with the Dr. Z, the DB4, the Brad Paisley amp. They were so kind to send me one of their amps to check it out for a couple of weeks. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Where do I sign? Where do I buy one? And then <laughs> John Sir delivers a Jim Kelly amp and first of all I was like nah I don't know and then I actually turned it up where it actually should be and it was like holy fuck okay this thing sounds amazing so I was like all right where do I sign with that you know I want one of them too um and I'm sure I'm going to be exactly the same with if I get my hands on a Bogner I've been told to check out the uh, the Goldfinger Fee Fi. Uh, Reinhold will have to correct me on that, but Goldfinger Fi, we'll call it. Heard that's a badass amp. I need to check that out. That's probably in the 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 ballpark of what I'm looking for. So I want to check that out. And I know um, I've got good friends that have played the Friedman amps, the Dirty Shirley. I've been told got to check that out. It's amazing. Um, you know, so there's all these amazing amps out there and I'm just trying to decipher where do I spend my money? And it's really hard because, you know, as we're learning, as we talk to these guys, they've all got amazing personalities, 
Actually, no, stripe that. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> They're all really interesting cats. Some have amazing personalities and some are just fucking nerds. And that's what we love about them because they're creating incredible amplifiers or credible gear and pedals and all this kind of stuff. And um, for us to buy and hopefully have our voice. So it is really hard. But I, I got to meet Todd. He came in the studio and we obviously did this interview. And then I got to go to the amp show. Yeah, you know, and I only spent 15 minutes with these amplifiers and played them. And yeah, that's all I needed. They sounded that good. And there's a reason why guys like Vince Gill walk into his shop, they try it. And they walk out with two of them. Keith Urban's using them. Um, uh, Guthrie. No, not Guthrie. Uh, fuck, I can't think of the other guy's name. Anyway, a lot of session cats in Nashville are using them. Um, you know, so they're an amazing amplifier. Any better than Sir? Probably not, but just different. Just a different perspective a different guy building a, a different amp and it's horses for courses. So, I don't know. You really got to try them all. You, I mean, you can go online, you can see Pete Thorne playing all these kind of these gear and these amps and these pedals and that. Pete makes everything fucking sound good. So, you really got to play it for yourself and spend some time with it and hopefully be able to take it and have it in a gig situation because I think that's where you really get to see if it's for you or not. But... um uh, we were in the studio, Bruce brought the Quilter over again and we tried it with another modelling amp that we just recently was checking out. The The Quilter kicked ass. It was an amazing, for, for what it is, the price, the weight, small how small it is and how powerful it is, that's an amazing amplifier. It kicks ass. It's, it's really, really great. Now, is it going to go against a Marshall Plexi? Of course not. But that's stupid to put it against that. But for what it does, it's an amazing amplifier and hats off to the Quilter guys and we're going to hopefully get those guys on as well. We're going to get the, uh, one of the big wigs from Fender on. I'm excited to talk to him. You know, so as players and musicians and artists and whatever you do, weekend warriors, we have so many choices. You know, you can go the Line 6 route. And you talk to Line 6 people with the, um, <laughs> I've got a memory like a sieve today. I don't know why. But the latest Line 6 stuff, and you talk to anyone using that stuff, and they frigging love it. They're like, oh, my God, you got to try it out. It's incredible. You talk to um, the Axe Effects people, the Fractural, whatever it's called, they love that. And then the Kemper. So it's horses for courses. It, but one thing to note that we we were talking about I think on the last show is we haven't heard um, any unique players or any players coming out that like their their sound is defined by this new technology it's always still the classic stuff I mean when Eric Johnson hit it was like whoa what the fuck is this guy using and it was all the classic shit Robin Ford what is he using wow where's he get that tone Scott Henderson, you know, all these kind of cats. I'm going to leave Bruce out because, you know, that's a different ball game. But you, you guys know what I mean. But I, I think it's really cool to talk to all these guys. And I don't think they're... I mean, there's definitely companies out there that are making complete shit and uh, selling it. And it's cheap. But it's not for probably the people 
that are listening to this podcast. I think um, we're definitely way, way more intelligent on a higher brow. We're on a different level, right, guys? <laughs> Ladies, right? Troy is completely talking shit right now. But anyway, you guys know what I mean. Um, it was such a pleasure to sit down with Todd Sharp. And I believe, don't quote me on this, go to the website and check it out. But he might have a new amplifier coming out. Um, I got an email quickly and I read it. But go to the website, check it out. Send Todd emails if you have questions and tell him you heard, heard about it on Guitar Wank. And uh, yeah, check it out. But... The guy is making really badass amplifiers. If you want to throw down the money, and they're expensive, but you're getting fucking really great amplifiers. This Jim Kelly sounds amazing. It's a great amplifier. Does it make me play better? Actually, it does. It makes me play better. Yeah. I'm inspired. I want to play more and differently. And yeah. Does it make me sound like Eric Johnson? No. But I don't want to sound like Eric... Yeah, I do. No, I lie. <laughs> I want to sound like Eric Johnson sometimes. Anyway, all right. You guys all get it. Let's get on to part two. Thank you, Todd Sharp, again. Really appreciate it. Uh, the next coming weeks, we're going to have uh, Dr. Z coming on the show. We're going to have uh, Thomas from uh, the Blue Amp Pedal thing from Germany. That He used to work for uh, Hughes & Kettner. Uh, we're going to hopefully get Bog- uh, Bogner and Reinhold and Friedman on. We're going to get Fender and Quilter and whoever else of these ant people we can get on. Massive thanks to Johnny, sir. Um, I mean, these guys make incredible products. I don't mind handing over the cash if I have it and you get such quality products and you're like, wow, this makes me create and sound amazing. You know, and that's the whole thing. I can't play on shit that sounds horrible because why would you want to create music to your audience and share what's coming out of you if it sounds like ass, right? You, If it sounds amazing, try and shut that guitar player up. You, you don't want to stop playing because it sounds friggin' amazing. So it, I am as probably as bad as any of you guys out there with the whole tone and pedals and just striving for that tone that you feel great with and comfortable and oh, now I'm just fucking rambling. Alright, let's get on with it. Alright, here's a Guitar Wank Extra, Mr. Todd Sharp. We'll continue on from last week. Uh, and remember, all your donations to the website, cups and mugs. We've got Father's Day coming up. So um, buy it out a mug and uh, buy your, your uncle a mug too or your grandfather. I don't know, just buy a mug. And a t-shirt. Alright. Uh, until Monday. We'll see you guys Monday. Uh, yeah, be safe. Look after each other. Fucking fucked up world out Alright, lots of love. Australia. Where did you come from? Melbourne, country Melbourne.
So um, spent, I spent a good. You were down there with Jimmy Barnes, right? Yeah, I did a, about a three-month stint with Jimmy Barnes over there. I did a record with him here. Right. And then I did, did a tour with him. The record was, uh, I think it was 1990, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Or thereabouts. And uh, it was called Two Fires. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that album and, uh, quite well. And then we toured. It was, it was kind of a blast, really. He... I mean, he was, he was killing at that point, right? Well, he was a madman. Uh, I've only ever seen him once, and it was at the House of Blues on Sunset, mm -hmm. maybe six years ago, seven years ago. I thought, ah, oh, he's probably pretty long in the tooth now. Like, yeah, he killed it. Like, better than the records. I thought I was blown away. Yeah, just unbelievable. So I don't know what he was like back then. He must have been just. Oh, he was, you know. He was he he was all the way on <laughs> in one setting, right? Just ah, yeah, that's right. Wait, who else is on that tour with you? Well, uh, Tony Brock played drums. Yeah, and now I'm going to have a hard time thinking of the guys' names. Uh, Jeff Neal also played guitar. Canadian guy, great guy, great yep. player. And uh, I'm drawing a blank on the bass player's name. You know, it was. Uh, you know, 26 yeah. years ago. Was it an Aussie guy or was he? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he had a few imports. Oh, gosh. I, f I should know his name. Good guy, great player. And then, uh, I guess that was, there was another guy from San Francisco who played keyboards, and I can't think of his name right now either. I'm sorry. That was a, that was I, a while ago. I worked with Tony. You know, it was kind of like I knew Tony. Right, and that was the guy I knew, and I'm, tr and uh, I, I guess I hooked into with Jimmy Barnes because uh, Tony and I had worked with Rod Stewart together, and Jimmy was making this album here, in in L.A. and and he had uh, Don Gaiman producing it, mm -hmm. and I uh, Don had produced my first solo record, for MCA, right, a few years before then, so I knew Don well. And then I think they probably, you know, I imagine they were sitting around going, who are we going to get to play some, do some guitar overdubs on this record? And uh, I imagine Tony or Don, you know, my name came up, so they called me in and hijacked me for, I don't know, three or four days over Dave Stewart's studio in Encino. Oh, okay, yeah. And... Uh, and then Jimmy called me, you know, a few months later and said, I, I'm going on tour. You got to come over and tour with me. So. How was that? Uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it was pretty cool because it's, it's always a little better, you know, to be able to go to a, a country and, and, and stay for a while. You know, yeah, so it was yep. like three months. Wow. And, and it was, there were two sections of the tour. Okay. So the first section was the pub tour. <laughs> yeah. So we played, you know, smaller pubs all over the country. I mean, we drove most of it. Wow. And, you know, as you can imagine, we just sort of crawled all across the continent or the yeah. island, I yeah. think they call it, <laughs> right? Big island. It's a big-ass island. And we took a few flights here and there because, you know, maybe we'd go from really one section to another. But man, we went all over the place and played all the sort of smaller towns, and uh, uh, you know, so it was great. I got a chance to really 
kind of get a flavor for Australia and the different yeah. parts of it. And, and you know. Yeah. Have you been back? I've been back uh, maybe once or twice with other artists, you know, with Rod. I think we toured oh, there. Of course, yeah. 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 Uh, it doesn't exist. I, I remember uh, another particularly, well, there have been a few satisfying moments, but another one is I, I had written a song with a couple of guys. I had some help on it, Richard Feldman and, and Danny Duma. Mm-hmm. Same thing, you know what? I had this song and I knew I had this great idea and I couldn't quite flush it all the way out. Right. And it was a it was a hit for Juice. Yeah. It was a short-lived hit. It was destined to be a mega hit. It was like it had all the signs. Right. It was on the country charts, it was on the pop charts, it was adult contemporary, it was wow. on the Hot 100, it was, oh my God, here we go. And then the record company fell to pieces in the middle of it, and it just went away. Anyhow, I had a song, right? The song was called A Little Love, and this is in the 80s. It was kind of like everybody was hitting hard, and I was there. You know, it was all eighth notes. Mm -hmm. So I think originally I had like a... I don't know. I, I can't remember where it was. It was it was harder, mm-hmm. and so I took it to Duma, and he s- helped me. Said you know, put a bridge together, and then I took it to Rich Feldman to, to cut the demo, and he said, let's. He, he's gonna put this whole different English on it, to where it was. Uh, he said, little love just isn't enough for you yeah not my key right <laughs> sometime i feel lucky just to get a little coming through and how we the differences every day and sometimes i feel like running away but a little love here makes me want to stay Anyhow, you know, and he put this kind <laughs> That's of awesome. Yeah. And it was just kind of like Richard sort of went, "Bah, how about that?" I said, "That's that's great. Now the song works." Right. It was like it's. I know it's a good song, but it doesn't work. And he helped me make it work. And uh, uh, and then Juice Newton cut it, and, and she had this hit with it. Wow, it was it was kind of an interesting little side story there. I, it you know I I kind of was getting hot there for a minute mm-hmm. here, eighty three eighty four. Wow. So I had a manager. I had a record deal. I was about to make a record. He called me. Uh, okay, I get a phone call. You know, and I'm and I'm pushing songs around to people. I get a phone call one day from Jennifer Warns, who mm-hmm. I think is a great artist. She says, "I heard your song, A Little Love. I want to cut it." I said, okay, girlfriend, you got it. <laughs> she woke me up one morning, you know. I was like, Jennifer Warren. Wow. And I'm like, hey, Jennifer Warren just called me. She likes my song. <laughs> so I said, okay. And she held it. You know, sometimes artists will get a hold. Mm-hmm. And I gave her a hold. And it went on forever. She was like working on it. She never got, I don't know what, what it was. But it took her forever to get that record started. Mm. 
So I had a manager and he called me. He goes, Juice Newton's looking for a song. They're just about done with the record. Richard Landis is producing it. You got anything? I said, well, you know, that song that Jennifer's been holding for like a year and a half. Wow. That'd be yeah. perfect. Well, I don't know. You know yeah. It was a long right. time. Yeah. That'd be perfect. But I don't know if, if what's going on with Jennifer. So anyhow, he says, okay, I'm going to send it over to Richard. So he sends it over. And I called him the next day. And I said, so what, what happened with the song? Do they like it? And he goes, let me find out. So he calls. And he goes, okay, so they cut it. They cut it in two different keys. They got it in the right key. And it's, it's going to be the first single. Wow. And I said, no shit. Well, we're going to have to call Jennifer Warren and let her know that oh, she can't have that song anymore. So anyhow, needless to say, I've never talked to Jennifer Warren since. <laughs> but okay, how we got into this is we were on the road. I was out there with some band and we were, a couple of us took a day off. And yep. We had to rent a car and we were driving across Texas. I was crashed out laying down in the back seat and the radio was on. Faintly. And it was Stephen Bruton and George Hawkins were in the front seat and I'm in the back seat. And I hear my song. Like just in the background, it was almost like, eh, it sounds kind of like, hey, hey, you guys, wait a minute. Turn the radio up. God damn, that's my song. You know? Fuck. There it is. Right. And there was Juice Newton, because I'd never heard it. Oh, wow. It's the first time you're hearing it. Yeah. And I heard it on the radio, and, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and I went, hey, my song's on the radio. What the fuck I, did that feel like? That it felt great. That wow. was kind of like, uh, that, I don't know why that particular moment, but that was kind of like... Uh, That's a movie moment. Yeah, it really was. It really yeah. was that kind of thing where you go, all right, you know. She did a good job with it, too. Yeah, she really, yeah. it was, you know. Wow. That's kind of, see, I mean, you've... You've covered the gamut of being I, I, a side I guess guy I, to a writer to, you know, a high-profile player. You've done all these amazing tours. And then now you're an amp guy. Now I build amps. And, and I might fix your amp. And, I mean, look at this thing. <coughs> um, it's, it's amazing to look at. And, um, yeah, it, I, I heard you talk about dumbbells. You had some dumbbells. Yeah, I did. They're the God Almighty amps, apparently. I don't, I've never played one, so I don't know. But they're pretty great. They're pretty damn good. I mean, they're. I, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, on one hand, you know, it's an amp. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> an amp's an amp. It's an amp. Right? It's not going to like make you play that much better. You still got to be a good player. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and, and Dumble, so you know, it, especially at that time when I. I was doing a rehearsal with Mick Fleetwood to play mm -hmm. a show somewhere. We were rehearsing at the Alley in North Hollywood. Right. And Dumble used to have his shop there. And it was, I mean, literally in a closet. I'm like... Wow. A little closet. And he was, and he's a big man. Yeah. Anyhow, he brought one of these heads in here and just said, do one of you guys want to plug into this? And I plugged into it and it was like, oh my God. Wow. The, really? It's that noticeable. It just knocked me over. Yeah. Well, it had this gain channel that was thick mm. and responsive. Yeah. And I thought, that's the best amp I've ever played. And so, you know, I, that, it, that, I got hooked and I ordered a few. It took forever to get them and all that. Yeah. And by the time I got them, I, I don't know, you know, they were 
they were great, but they were, you know, they were 150 watt heads. I had two, your boy had two of them. <laughs> wow. You know, in case I needed to be really loud. Yeah, yeah. Just in case, which I finally, with Rod, which was the loudest band in the world. Yeah. It was really the only time I ever got to like air those amps out and go like, yeah. Was do. it just, was a bitch in time? It, it, well, you know, what was unique about it at the time was that it had a channel to kick in to play lead. Oh, okay. That was thick, rich, yeah. and delicious. Yeah. And no one else did. Mm. In 1980, I don't know, don't ask me why. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, Randall Smith at Mesa Boogie had started doing this. Mm -hmm. Personally, I could just, and not that they aren't great, they are, I just could never get a handle on a Mesa amp. I tried 10 times. Yeah. Just couldn't do it. You know, I would either be a Marshall guy or an AC30 yeah, guy. Yeah. And then I found the Dumble and it was amazing. And then, you know, I, I eventually, I sold one of them. I said, oh, man, I don't need two of these. I never even play them. And then the other one got stolen after that. And the one that I sold had sold, you know, not too long ago for like 90 grand. 90 grand? Literally. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy that. But but anyhow, yeah, I, I you know, I'm not sure how the hell I got into this, except it... Uh, You've always been like a bit of a techie kind of guy? A little bit. Yeah. So when I was a little kid, I got into ham radio, mm -hmm. like, like many kids yeah. in, in that era of, you know, 63. Yeah. I was seven years old. I got my novice license. I learned Morse code. Wow. Me and my dad built a transmitter. Yeah. Uh, in those days... That was a big thing in this country, and it was not easy to get that license. Wow. You know, it was a license you got, for, you, you, that you applied for from the federal government. They, you had to pass a test, you had to learn electronic theory, you had to be able to send and receive code. You kind of had to know how to draw schematics, understand the basic building blocks of what radios are, antennas, right. impedance, components, a lot of stuff. Wow. It was all there. And you were doing this at was, what age? It, it was all able for, you could learn this yeah. by picking up some magazines and studying. And I remember all that math by hand. Wow. All the decimal points and the zeros. <laughs> and this is at seven? I was seven. Jesus. Yeah. And uh, so I got my taste of it at that point. And by the time I was, you know, nine, I lost interest. You know, right. I, I shut the radio off. I never used it. It, what you did with ham radio is you'd graduate then. As a matter of fact, that was called the novice license. Mm -hmm. And you, I think you only got to have the novice license for one year, and then it expired, and right. you couldn't renew it. Yep. You, but you could get the next level up if you studied and learned more. Mm -hmm. And then so on, and you'd graduate. And if you could do that, you'd be quite an electronic engineer, yeah. to tell you the truth. Yeah. And certainly at that time in that day with that technology was still vacuum tubes primarily yeah transistors were here they were in use but so were tubes in, yeah. a, in a bigger way mm -hmm. and uh, um, particularly in radio and uh, so that's kind of how I got my feet in it and then I lost interest in it for 50 years <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, like I'd break a cord or, you know, if my amp would blow up, I might take it apart and go, hmm. Right. Yeah. I can fix it. I this. remember this. Yeah. Uh, the tube bias. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
course. We have mm -hmm. to shut the tube off. Yeah. Or it'll run away. And all that stuff, you know. So I always kind of had a little bit going on. Uh, and then, I don't know, it's when, once we left here and moved to Nashville, I started to think about if, if I didn't, you know, could I, could I actually make the, you know, I kind of liked it more than anything. I said, really? you know, I dig doing this. It's creative yeah. work. I, I like screwing around with electronics and yeah. amps. You got your own, like, your I just own had a workbench in the, in the garage. Yeah. I yeah. set my garage up. I said, you know, and I fixed stuff. Mm -hmm. And I dug it. So I said, okay, I'm going to do this a little bit. So I started doing it for on the side for a few friends. I was playing with Delbert McClinton yeah. on weekends. We'd go out and rock hard, you know, leave Thursday, come home Sunday. I have a few guys might bring their amp over to me right. to fix or tweak. And I got, and I did that for years and I kind of wow. got very good at it. Well, and, was and it I, a lot of the name players in Nashville that were coming? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, and I got to get my nose directly inside of almost everything and yeah. see it and go, okay, that's how Mesa does that. And the Fender thing and the Marshalls and the Voxes and uh, everything, you yeah. know, Hughes and Kettners to line sixes eventually. And then I hired a couple of people to help me. And then we had a shop that I kind of oh, oversaw wow. and still would play. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it started as, as kind of a hobby and make a few extra bucks and the Nashville thing was a different world. I would kind of pretty quickly figured out I wasn't going to walk into the then country scene. Right. Uh, I, I, I don't want to put it down, but it was kind of like, I just left that crap. Right. In Los Angeles. Yeah. Now they're doing it in Nashville, it's, but it's worse. It's, mm -hmm. dude, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. And, but I just did it, didn't I? <laughs> but there's so many great musicians, and don't, don't get me wrong. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of great music. They tend to crank out some not such great music. So it the, seems very, at the moment, very um, production line. Well, it's pop music. Yeah. Some of it's really good. Yeah. You know, I like Taylor Swift. I think she's great. Yeah. Frankly, yeah, I think yeah. her records are great, and yeah. you know whatever. There's a whole lot of it. It's great. Keith yeah. and Brad Paisley, um, and huge Vince Gill. Yeah, these Vince, guys are amazing. Wow. Vince's latest album, I love it. The coolest thing about Nashville is you know you walk around and you, you walk, you know, just stumble into a club anywhere on a Monday night, mm -hmm. and you'll be blown away. Yeah, and they play great, they sing great, they sound like a record. And nobody's up there trying to save the festival with a killer guitar solo. It's just kind of like, it's all about the song. Yeah. yeah. This is a really, it's a really cool musical community. Yeah. Um, did I, did I come back well from that first put down? Yeah. <laughs> but it, anyways, it was a long time. When but it's I, a pretty tight knit, like as a player, I imagine walk going into Nashville. Is it a clicky group? Like they don't. They don't let outsiders in that much? Oh, yeah, it's a clicky group. Right. Uh, uh, it always is. It yeah. is everywhere. Yeah. It certainly always was here. That's but it's I just heard. like anything else. You yep. put in a couple of years of, of pushing real hard. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, I always say, people sometimes ask me, how do, you get, you know, how do you get started? Where do I break in? You know, younger. I say, just get out there. Get in a bar and play. Yeah. Go to the open mic night. Yeah. Just put yourself out there. Put your demo tapes in people's hands. You never know when somebody... You know, I did that to John Oates in 19... I was in high school. Yeah. He called me a year later and invited me to audition for his band. Yeah. But does that still happen? 
Sure it does. It's yeah. got to. Yeah. You know, you know, so be there. If you're not out there, you'll certainly never get yeah. anywhere. Right. You have yeah. to just get there first. Mm. You know, like even if you're at the very bottom of the shittiest bar in town, you know. You're still out there. You're, you're still it. out there. You never know. Somebody might walk in and go, you know what? I heard this little guitar player yeah. playing uh, so at such and such. And, you know, he was good. It's, I was when I was out there talking to some players, I said, oh, I'm a guitarist. And they're like, yeah, don't come out here. Yeah. He said the gas, the gas attendant is an amazing guitarist. Like, he said it's ridiculous. Well, it is kind of like that. But anyhow, getting back to this, I think by the time I moved to Nashville, my wife and I, we had three kids. Mm-hmm. We lived here. It was 95 or right. 4. And the kind of the party was a little bit over. And uh, we were trying to figure out, how, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, private school, a good neighborhood. We're talking 300 grand a year minimum yeah. to, to yeah. just be kind of like comfortable, mm-hmm. sort of. That's, that's without a yard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so Nashville somehow made sense. I had some friends there. I'm already 40-something. So I just started getting interested in this stuff again and messing around with it. And then I eventually kind of got over myself and said, fuck it. You know, yeah. I I don't. If I dig it, it's still creative art to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I and I thought, you know, first I was like, gosh, I can't let anybody know that I'm like <laughs> playing with resistors. Yeah, they'll never call me to play in their record again. And then it's I kind crossover, right? Yeah, and it's funny. So it's I was at the Nam show in the, this summer, and and Vince comes up to the booth, Vince Gill, and he's. He's looking, and I got my amps up there in the banner, and you know. And he's kind of looks at it, and he walks up to me. He goes, "Well," he said, "I, I think you've crossed over, haven't you?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I guess I have. It's oh, okay man. though, bro. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. Like, I dig it." So you you obviously friends with a lot of these high profile players out there. What are they like? When first of all, when did these come out? When did you? Put them out for people to start checking out. When did that happen? One year ago. Oh, in a year? Yeah. Wow. And we launched the company officially in February. Mm-hmm. But I actually showed up here to the LA Amp Show yeah. and said, let's just go do this show. You were at last year? Yeah. How was that last year? Well, we were there. We were, yeah. we were up, you know, we were wedged in between all the shredders on the second floor. Yeah. But <laughs> my pal Joe Brasler, I... I oh, Joey Brasler, I know Joey. You know, Joey for years, yeah. and, and I don't know, we talked, and he said, well, you have to do the amp show. Yeah. Because I probably called him and said, man, I've got these amps. I got my first couple built. Yeah. And uh, I think I'm going to come out there and bring one out, and you, I want you to hear it. And, you know, who else can we get to hear it? And he said, well, you got to do the LA amp show. Yeah. So I did. And then we launched the company in February. And, uh, you know, man, I... Uh, it's got to be a little scary, right? Because it just seems like there's so much boutique stuff out there. Um, I mean, i got a boutique. Mm-hmm. Olbrick. Do you know the Olbricks? No, I don't know Australian that Australian boutique. Yeah, I mean, the 120 watts rips your face. It's like a beautiful modded Marshall. It sounds amazing. I don't use it because it's so loud, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Right. But there's great amps everywhere. So True. But it seems like your stuff is what I'm hearing, as in what I've seen on the videos and online, it's a different amp. Well, I think it's, it's a different amp. So my approach to this is as a guitar player mm-hmm. first. Yeah, which is 
awesome. And uh, my first delve into it was if I could build what I think is the great, if I could go after what I think really matters and is the greatest shit that, that I know players want, mm -hmm. what would that be? And, you know, I've seen a ton of amps. And I've got a, a plenty of ideas about how to go about it and yeah. maybe how to start with transformers, power supplies, various tubes, how to drive them. And I've been collecting ideas and circuits and a front end and maybe go at a tone stage differently and all of that. Yeah. Uh, so that was my approach was like, I don't care. I don't care what it costs. I don't care how heavy it's going to be or how big it's if it's going to be too big mm -hmm. if it's going to sound amazing that's what i'm after yeah and so oh. whoops technical issues technical issues yeah um not that it's you know that heavy or, or huge but like that's a 20 watt amp it's a pair of el84s uh I use a different tube for the front end. It's a 6AU6 pentode. Mm -hmm. Tube I've always loved. Uh, I've often wondered why it didn't get more, uh, you know, use in other guitar amps, partially because they're extremely microphonic. Right. So I came up with this way of sub-mounting it on a separate plate and shock mounts to where it's just working beautifully. Wow. If you reached your hand in the back of the amp and tapped on the tube, it'd definitely go bing, bing. Yeah. You might go like, ooh, that's a little... But it's not a problem. It right. doesn't... It's it's mounted in a way where it, it's just not an issue. And uh, I pay a great amount of detailed attention to that whole front end in getting the feeling of the guitar under your fingertips, which electronically... You know, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's, yep. I think, what great amps are is, you know, of course, great amps always sound great when you turn them up oh. really loud. This isn't turned up that loud. Right. So when I... All right, I'm, I'm just going to jump in here right, right now and just warn you guys. Now, uh, when we we're doing this interview... Todd had the amplifier set up, but I didn't know we were going to play. So he kind of just jumped on it and started playing. So it's going to distort a little bit. Fucking deal with it. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, hopefully you get an idea. Hopefully it doesn't come across too distorted. But we didn't have the microphone set up or anything like that. So it was just in the room. But you'll get an idea. But uh, if you really want to hear the amplifier, you gotta you got to try it out. Or go to his website and you can see videos and all that kind of stuff. They sound fucking great. Um, I hope you're enjoying it. All right, back to it. And I don't know if we can do this in here, but well, we can try it. So. You know, you're always going for this. What has the amp given me back? Mm. And half the time you don't know. Yeah. You just might know that, God, I hate this amp. Yeah. Or I'm fighting it. Or is there heavier strings on my guitar? <laughs> uh, what's going on? I can't, right. you know, I can't get the feel. And there are ways to get that feel under your fingers. Yeah. You know, to make it nice. Yeah. Uh, there are ways to do tremolo and reverb and all of it. Uh, so a pair of VL84s 
if you once you drive them where they saturate and where your power supply stops, you know, it, when it gives up and sags, is where amps get magical. Right. Uh, so, you know, I go from the front end preamp to I have a rotary selector called Attitude. So that works, you know, sort of like a, and these switches pop a little, which, oh, okay. you know, it doesn't matter. You're not gonna, it's not a channel switch kind of an amp. But there's your like basic first sound. We got some high cut in. filter across right. the output plates. After getting this thing where, you know, they always get magic right about there. Yeah. Right? Well, you can use your volume control and maybe just your touch mm -hmm. to get the amp to work with you. My reverb is, is, is a whole different approach at reverb. Th now why did you do that? Well, for one thing, after looking at amplifiers and kind of getting into this and, 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 and you know, being a student and, and a observer of the fact that there's very little that changes, mm. right? There's like tons of people making Marshall knockoffs and great, you know, Tweed Deluxes and Dumble Clones. There's a whole lot of guys that are just doing what's already been done, done. and doing it nicely and yeah. doing great. Great work, yeah. I don't think we need another one. We just don't need another Tweed Deluxe out there. There's no. like 15 of them. They're all great. Yeah, yeah. Everybody does the same tone stack circuit. So I thought like, well, okay, why do we even have a tone stack? You never touch the damn things anyhow. Mm. You know, you can't turn a bass pot on an amp up past three and a half or four. Yeah. Unless it's a, you know, early Marshall that has no bass to begin with. Yeah. Then you just turn it on 10. Yeah. But you could glue it there. Yeah. So why not just couple the signal differently? Keep it more uh, sort of 
under your, which keeps the feel of the guitar under your fingers because the that whole tone stack thing that everybody uses yeah. is a lost circuit. Mm -hmm. So you're actually losing signal to do that, right. to give you the flexibility. So everybody does reverb pretty much the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just thought, I don't want to do reverb the same way. So what can we, I started messing around with different reverb circuits. And I came up with, there's actually two tanks. Oh, okay. That are strapped together and yeah. hooked together in a different way. Yeah. It's driven by a pentode. Depending on if you're putting pedals, you may not, you know, need different levels of gain, but it's it's more of a plate sound. Instead of the spring. Yeah. Instead of boing. Yeah. So it's it's longer. And, and I mean it's adjustable, but you've got this. <laughs> I dig reverb, you know, and if you like a lot of reverb, we have a lot of reverb. For yeah. you. Uh, and, and a lot of adjustment over its sound. I can probably turn that down a bit to. to out of your way while yeah. you're playing which I kind of did with the phasing of it yeah it's also got to pull bright if you want to I got this bite switch right which, which is now a th uh, off and then kind of two different levels. This is an earlier version. It's, it's not bright. It's not like it doesn't work like a bright switch. It yeah. changes the way the changes whole it. first tube works and gives it more of that upper mid-range uh, muscle. My trim is a little bit, I just kind of gone about that differently. It's got a real wide range to it. Now why, now why go that road? Why not be like, well, you know, they can just throw a pedal and get a tremolo or make great Tremolo pedals and reverb pedals and... Well, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, I may not continue to go that route with everything. Right. So far I have this amp, and mm -hmm. it's kind of a concept amplifier, which is called the Jote, which stands for Jack, Jack of All, of all Tone. Jack of All Trades. All Tone, right? Jack of All Tone. And then RT is Reverb and Tremolo. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go ahead and build these kind of like... It's kind of like if you had a, you got an AC30, mm. you know, a great amp, and I think this amp has that greatness to its overall. Yeah. But the AC30 doesn't have reverb, mm. or you got a great Marshall, it doesn't have reverb or tremolo. Yeah. And those are, you know, uh, 
I always jokingly say, you know, all the effects you need. I mean, <laughs> full array, reverb yeah. and tremolo. Yeah, yeah. You got them. Uh, so I just decided to go ahead and put them in this amp. Yeah. It, it's certainly in my in my introductory. I do this in a 20 watt amp. We do a 30 watt amp. The 30 has six V6s and, mm -hmm. and EL84s together. Right. We've got two output transformers. And then the new one that I have is a 45 watt. Wow. Which has a pair of EL34s. Uh, same, they all look the same from the front. Right. There's different stuff going in with power supply and output. Is there a big difference in tones between them? Uh, the 45 has a significantly different character than the 20 and the 30. The 20 and the 30 are really very similar sounding. Yeah. 30 are just has a little warmer overall mm -hmm. and a uh, little more headroom. The 45 uh, kind of tips its hat to a 50 watt Marshall. Right. You know, like oh, a, wow. a great one. Yeah. You know, like get the volume up and, and you know, start grinning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, fuck this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so it's loud. Yeah. Well, this is, this is loud. Yeah. Well, it's in, in, you know, 212s in an open back cabinet against 20 watts is a lot of what makes it loud. Yeah. It's a yeah. big part of it, anyhow. Yeah. But uh, I think, you know, uh, for most guys that I know these days, 20 watts is about the right class. Most most guys are using pedals. Yep. Uh, so you know, I mean, it's it's not a gainy, super gainy amp. I keep doing it. Oh, the microphone. I should. That's yeah, angle. I should fix that. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it, you know, an amp that would accommodate pedals real well. Um, so it's reasonably clean. I imagine, I imagine this thing would sound pretty badass with some pedals in front of it as well. It does. Like, I'm on a gig tomorrow night at the Baked Potato. I use one you, pedal. You're playing tomorrow night? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to come. So I use one little pedal to mm -hmm. kick into. Sometimes I use it. I don't always use it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you, you want that nice, thick, juicy feel under it. And so, you know, that with a pedal after it is, uh, or in front of it. And if you can afford it to where, you know, you're a little more old school and you just are willing and able to get an amp up where you need to get it, right? Just a stock strat, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's nice on the ears. So it gets, <laughs> yeah. It's it's not going to kill you, but it gets sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of like a, about where an AC30 or a Fender Deluxe Reverb gets yeah. when you crank it up. Yeah. So anyhow, that's that's awesome. I first thing I noticed how wide this head is, and I thought, oh shit, that's going to weigh a ton, and it didn't. I was quite surprised how light it is. Yeah. Which is very cool. Yeah, so. there's, uh, you know, the output transformer isn't huge. It's, it's you know, that's a lot of the magic is, is where do you want this 
you know, how tight do you want it to stay? Mm -hmm. So it's got a nicely wound uh, transformer, a nicely matched transformer. And, uh, you know, it's not really a ton of weight. Uh, power transformer is kind of hefty for a 20 watt amp. Yeah, yeah. But I liked the way this transformer folded up once right. you clip it, and I like the way it stays meaty. Yeah. Uh, it's really tight. But no, too. it's not terribly heavy. It is big. The main reason it's so long is is my reverb. Hmm. Because I'm insane. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't give a shit. You know, it's like right. if you wanted to get this amazing reverb, what would you have to do to do it? Hmm. And when I started with this and I started taking the pans outside of the amp like everybody else does, it just wasn't working the same. So mm -hmm. that's actually that reverb is there's two tanks, they're shock mounted. Mm-hmm. So the springs are shock mounted inside the tanks and then the whole assembly is shock mounted again. Yeah. Which gives you that it has a lot to do with why the reverb sounds the way it sounds. Yeah. I couldn't really figure out a way to do all that without mounting it on the chassis. Yeah. On top of it. So it takes up a lot of space. Yeah. yeah. Every time I've looked at it a hundred times and gone, if I could get rid of this damn reverb, man, I could make this thing like this big. What now is that something you'd think about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at this point, it's kind of like this is the amp I build. Yeah. 20 watts, 30 watts, and 45 yeah. watts. Yeah. It's got the reverb on it. It's got the tremolo on it. You know, and we're selling them. Um, at this point, it's going pretty good. I'm, I'm, I awesome. build them by hand. Yeah. Uh, and people are waiting for them. It's about a 12-week wait. Wow. It takes me about a week to build one of these. Yeah. Now, who's, who's playing them in Nashville? Uh, Vince Gill has got one. Keith Urban just bought two. Yeah. He's using them on his tour right now. Sweet. Uh, John Oates is playing one. Steve Warner. Uh, a couple of local guys. Uh, Guthrie Trap is... Jeffrey. He doesn't have one yet. He's getting one. Yeah. Kenny Greenberg is also. Yeah. And then just people are buying them that mm -hmm. I'm meeting. And, you know, I'm starting to sell them, like, out of the blue. That's just fantastic. Just got a guy in North Carolina, a dealer we're going to start working with called uh, Destroy All Guitars. Mm -hmm. We've got LA Vintage Gear here in yep. Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, we've got a guy in Cleveland, Ohio, who's going to start carrying them, and another guy in Atlanta. Uh, and I, I imagine I will do non-reverb. As a matter of fact, I have another design that's really just reverb. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because people are freaking over the reverb. Yeah, yeah. And I think this could be like a studio reverb too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's uh, it's like a really nice spring. Yeah, it's yeah. it's you know I, I I sometimes I call it Pink Floyd reverb. You know, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> take that verb out of the amp uh and that you know i don't know this let's see i've built uh about 20 of the 20 watt mm -hmm. heads so far yeah i'll probably do 20 of each or 25 of each is what right I'm kind of uh, inventoried for and uh and then maybe they will maybe we won't build them anymore mm-hmm mm 
So you'll have to get one right away. <laughs> It'll be worth tons of money. I already love how it looks and just how it sounds. It sounds sounds really nice. I mean, I mean, my main amp has become that vibra verb right mm -hmm. there, and it's it sounds great. It sounds really great. But there's some things on it that, you know, I wish I had. I, I'll, I haven't got an AC30, and that's the one amp I've always dreamed of having, and I just don't even know why I haven't got one. But I need to get one. It, but, it would blow up every third gig. See, that's the thing. That's you one know? problem. You know, and the ones there's so many different ones to get. And then when I started hearing this, it's just like, wow, that's, yeah, that's the tone right there. It's a cool. It's a. It's a cool. Beautiful you know, amp. it's it's built for guitar players. Now, how is it? It ain't for kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like. And, and it's not, uh, well, uh, you know, if you're a shredder and you got the pedals. It doesn't matter. It works fine. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, um. Is that me? I think that's you. Oh. oh. I bet that is. You know what? I bet. There, I Hello? Excuse me for doing you're that. You're all right, man. I you're just totally realized. Fine. We can totally. Oh, gosh. What's that? What time is it? You can edit this out, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, let me... What's that? You, you had another appointment? Oh, I got to pick somebody at the airport, and I didn't realize it got so late. Oh, well. Uber? Sorry about that. You're fine, mate. Totally fine. It's um, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Keith and Vince are probably loving them. I think so. Yeah, Keith. Uh, we had a little uh, uh, flurry of of. I was selling them like crazy, and uh, one guy here bought it. Uh, Oliver Lieber. Oliver, yeah, yeah. And I think he and Keith are friends, and he told Keith about it. And Keith called me up and said, uh, I got to come hear your amp. <laughs> so he had played a 20 and he played a 30, and I said, You want me to bring, I'll just bring these over to your rehearsal place and let you, you know, have your way with them. See, yeah. See what you think. Yeah. And he said, uh, No, I like the 30. Yeah. You know, how, how soon can I get one? I said, It's going gonna, it's gonna to take me a little while. I but. I might be able to get one for you, you know, a little quicker. Yeah. He said, okay, I'll take two. <laughs> so he fell in love with it. He's using them. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. I mean, I mean, and they're all such huge tone guys. Yeah. I mean, that's... Well, that's who I'm building this amp for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, uh... That's my, my, that's my motto. Built by a real player for real players. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you've worked on so many different amps, and it's crazy how many amps that there are at the moment. Um, how do you uh, 
like I can't even imagine how you get in, like get in through the door and become more of a name. But we've, when you've got people like Vince Gill and Keith Urban and all these high-profile players just just buying them. Well, somehow for me, I, I kind of, uh, I, I, I have, you know, certainly been hopeful about the idea that as a guitar player and also as an amp guru kind of a guy mm -hmm. who could take your Vibrolux and make sure it sounds great. Yeah. Uh, that I ought to be able to make that transition and say, hey, I'm building amps, come on over and plug in. Right. And so guys like, you know, Vince brought a little stack of vintage old tweed fenders over one day to yeah. my house. You yeah. know, he'd just show up and go, hey, how you doing? Can you work on these? <laughs> and uh, and I said, yeah, come on, I, I want you to plug into my amp. Yeah. And he plugged in and played about three notes and said, I'll take one since you're ready. Just let wow. Me know. So, you know, I have that, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've been working at this for a while. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it, it's sort of the natural progression, you know, and I hope it'll keep going from there. Wow, man. It's, um, well, where, where do they retail at? That head is 3850. Mm -hmm. This cabinet is 15, about 1500. Right. With the Vox or uh, Celestian Blues. Yeah. My thirty watt head is thirty nine ninety five, and my forty five is thirty nine ninety five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm. I kind of think that's kind of the ballpark for a, a, a high profile boutique amp. Yep, that's it kind is. of what it's, you pay. It's up there. Yeah, it's it's at the top end. There's a couple amps that cost more than that. Yeah, uh, I should charge more than them than that to tell you right. the truth yeah. for what they yeah. cost me to build and how you know how much kind of love I put into them. But, uh, um, you know, I'm at this point, I'm just looking to sell them the best I can, get yeah. them out there. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, you know, the, the other thing is the components in a dual reverb pan, mm -hmm. uh, you know, custom spec transformers, you know, all the stuff, military-grade pots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, I try everything in every stage. I kind of know the... I have a really, you know, breadth of experience and a feel for what do polypropylene coupling caps sound like mm -hmm. and what a mylar cap sound like and right. what a polyester metallized sound like. Uh, and, you know, and I have also stashes of old, new old, you know, some pretty sweet sounding components to use. The difference between you know wire wound versus carbon comp metal film metal oxide resistors all that stuff it all adds up doesn't it well it all adds up and and you know if something that costs nine dollars for one piece as opposed to 90 cents actually sounds better than or will hold up better than it's in there yeah yeah you know, like all those pots some the switches i have custom made wow hermetically sealed rotary switches they cost a lot of money yeah so the amp costs a lot and then you know cabinets are they're, they're expensive is, is there anyone at, out in the road using them at the moment well keith urban's using them yeah uh john oates john oates okay yeah that must have been a kick to yeah get john do right well he came to our nashville amp show we had an amp show oh, in okay. nashville yeah he walked in the room and he he kind of said uh, i think i need one of those on stage and I said, I think you do too, my brother. That's badass. Come on over and we'll find the right one for you. That's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. 
Now, if I was if I was going to look at one of these amps, I would imagine I'd probably go for the twenty, yeah. just because of, I'm not playing crazy loud gigs and you know an AC Vox is kind of the direction I want. And this sounds like it would it handles all those tones and a lot more. Um, switching, it, so you got pretty much you set your amp up and you got the switches in front of you, you your tremolo and your reverb, yeah. and you're good to go. Yeah. It's pretty badass. It's a straight ahead amp. You know, yeah. it works like an old Marshall works or an AC30 works yeah. or, yeah. A, you know, I don't have three levels of gain channel switching and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not trying to make a Swiss army knife here. No. You know, I always figure with, with any guitar amp, even the ones that do all that stuff, and some of them are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think a whole lot of them are, but yeah. some of them really are good. Uh, I always figure, man, if you can get one sound out of an amp, and that's a great sound, then you've, you've won the battle. Yeah, because it know? is a battle. It is. It is a battle. When you open up, I, as you see, all, I've got all these pedals here that I've been mean, trying to go through and add to my amp sound, and... And I some at some point I just get lost and go you know plug and direct in, sometimes it just feels a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. And um, that's yeah, I mean that's such a common thing. So I have a product I'm, I've built a few, and I'm gonna as soon as I get a minute I'm gonna hopefully next year we'll get past the prototyping stage, but it's a unit that actually deals with that. So it's vacuum, it's all vacuum tube mm -hmm. stuff, but there's a front end vacuum tube driver and then a recover stage for your pedals with a bypass switch. Uh -huh, okay. So that you, uh, you know, you treat your pedals and all your signal, you can adjust the gain in front and the gain in back. Okay. Low impedance drive. Yeah. And then you hit the bypass switch, so you're now you're straight into your amp. Mm. And, and now you're through your pedals through your amp. Yeah. And you tweak that until you get as close as you can get to straight into your amp. So you kind of know you where you are with all that. And that would be all in the amp? Well, that would be a separate unit. Oh, okay. And that would be a unit that I'll probably put the reverb into and uh, the tremolo okay. as well. And so, I've, uh, yeah. I've got a name picked out for that, which I, I won't reveal yet. No. Uh, until I, you know, figure out price point and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it'd be like a little kind of carry around, maybe like a Fender Reverb does. Oh, okay. So here's your Reverb tremolo and, and everything to deal with all your pedals, mm -hmm. too. So your yeah. tone isn't going away. Right, right. Um, and for the moment, this is the amp line that you, you're not you're not ready or you're not looking at building any anything new at the moment. You're concentrating on getting these out. Well, yeah, these are kind of my, that 20 watts, my flagship. Yeah. And really the 30 and the 45, they look just like that. Mm. All the switching functions that you're seeing are the same. The 45 has a headroom switch on the back. Yeah. Uh, that's it. So that's what I'm making now, you know, in these three power classes. There's different speaker configurations as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and for right now, that's what I got. Uh I'm, I'm sure that, like, like I was saying, you know, we may make an amp without reverb and tremolo, which I'll be able to build a cheaper amp. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I haven't decided, like, so do yeah. I need to do that? There's sort of this force that says, you need to make a cheaper amp so you'll sell lots more of them, you know. 
but I, you know, I'm a small, I have one assistant, and there's two guys that work with me in the amp uh, repair. There's four people that work at this full time. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm, you know, I'm not trying to sell uh, or, or build uh, 50 amps a, a month. Right. At least not yet. You know, I, I intend to keep it kind of small. I just want to build great products. Yeah. And, and try and figure out how to, you know, stay in business doing that. And guitar players, <laughs> if it sounds good, we'll go to great lengths. That's what I think. Right? Yeah. That's, well, that's I have. We, yeah, I always I did. You know, yeah. I have owned Dumble amps and shit, man. I, you know, I used to go buy speakers. You'd go, somebody would say, you know, Fane speakers are really where it's at. And you'd go, okay, I'll got get some Fane speakers. Is it? You go spend $500 on two speakers and put them in your cabinet and go, they sound terrible. Next. What am I going to do with these speakers? Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost a disease. And I didn't mean that faint speakers. Sound no, terrible, no, they okay. don't. But it's just an example. Yeah, it is almost a, a disease as, as a guitarist. Yeah, I used to have a storage thing full of speakers. Wow. Because, you know, how do you try speakers? Yeah. It's kind yeah. of hard to try out speakers. Yeah. You know, you think, well, that actually sounds good. I wonder how that would sound in my Marshall cabinet. Yeah. So, you know, guys like, and this is what guitar players do. Mm -hmm. They go and buy all kinds of crap, and then they go. I just nah, wasted I all that money. Really work. <laughs> I should sell this. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. So oh. he sounded great playing through it. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then those guys, those players. I mean, I'm Vince and guys like that. They sound great through everything, but through something like this, I imagine it's just amazing. Just well, it's a real going. touch. It's a touch sensitive amp. Yeah. It's, it's the kind of amp that, you know, uh, I, I think this amp is, this particularly the 20 and the 30, are, you know, Vince Gill type players, guys who are, you know, have that intimate thing. Hmm. Blues players, uh, Mark Knopfler kind yeah, of guy, yeah. you know, who you, you can just hear the, how they change their touch and it affects a lot of things. Yeah. And that's the kind of amp this is. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Absolutely love it. I'm going to have four. <laughs> One in each style. Yeah, right. Okay. And um, any reason, what was the, the, the reason with the wood and everything? As in, well, is there... Mostly, when I said I'm going to build this amp, I've actually had like circuitry and uh, kind of blocks of circuits that I've been messing with yeah that's what i'm going to do this is where my power supply is going to sit this is where this is going to be until until you, you know when you get to the point where you're going and uh what should it look like yeah and that and I, that kind of kind of threw me for a loop for a while because you know what i concluded is well once we it's it's a box yeah i mean we're going to make a trapezoid shaped amp or something wild some do and then what kind of finish will it have because you know once you cover a box in vinyl it looks like a marshall or a fender mm. or a maybe a vox had the cute piping you know yeah it's basically becomes this like it's just another amp so i thought i just don't want to do another amp look how am i going to do that differently so i decided i'd try some finishes and then i thought let's do some bright colors so we have orange, we have red, we have blue. I do, this one's built on poplar, which is really a light wood also in weight. We do them in cherry. Mm -hmm. And the cherry, and they set, both woods sound really good. Yep. Uh, they're both fairly light. 
And you can get this model in any any color? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they sound different? The cherry sounds a little bit different from the Papa, really? and the cherry has a really interesting woody, the cabinet has a yeah. little extra thing to it. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then we also cover them in vinyl. Yeah. Which... Uh, I, I just kind of broke down and said I got to do it because a lot of people said, "Well, that's like f too pretty to take out of my living room. I, 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 that's like furniture." And you know, my, my feeling is it's not furniture. Like, go ahead, ding it up, man. You know what? Burn I, a cigarette on that thing. This thing's only going to look more badass or ding it up. And that's shit. what I think. Right. And and if we make it and cover it in vinyl, that's just going to get torn up anyhow. Yeah. And that looks shit like shit when it gets torn up. This will look cool when it gets dinged up. Well, I'm a fan, man. I, I'm loving what I'm hearing, and it looks amazing. And I love the fact that you've done something different, which, because like you said, you can go out and buy, because like, my biggest thing was I wanted to get an AC30 or an AC15. That's one of my amps that I've never had, and I want to get one. And it was decisions, do I get a vintage one that's going to break down all the time, I've got to repair all the time, do I get a reissue that I'm not sure that they sound that great anymore, and all these different things, or do I go boutique? You just buy one of these. Yeah. This, I love the fact that you've done something different. Of course, it's not really a Vox, but it, no. it gets, uh, you know, the EL84 sound is a lot of what the Vox is in those speakers. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, whole lot to do with do you sound. you have the different speakers you can get yeah the, this has the you know reissues the celestian vox blue speakers blue speakers yeah we do them with uh heritage 30 and a greenback combo mm -hmm. i like that one on the 30 particularly also do a combo of eminence private jack and a jensen electric lightning oh okay which is a little more of an american sound speaker yeah a little rounder mm -hmm. uh and then on my 45, I'm really liking the Celestian uh, Cream, ah, okay. Nico, which is yep. a newer 90 watt. Mm -hmm. They kind of got a nice thing. Uh, Fane is making an Alnico speaker that's blowing me away. I, I haven't quite played with it enough to figure out what to do with it. Right. Wow. But basically, we offer the cabinets with those different setups. And, and generally, you know, they match... Uh, to any of these pretty well. So I got a um got a matchless cab. How would that sound through the, the matchless cab? Oh I think cab? you know, pretty nice. Sounds good probably through anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean you can plug it in and hear it if you want. Yeah. It's handy. Although I, I gotta roll pretty quick. Yeah, no, I understand. Todd, mate, thank you so much for doing yeah, this. And um I'm excited to go to the amp show and you're playing at the baked potato tomorrow night, tomorrow Saturday night. night. Okay, yeah. you got your guys in town or use it? Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm going to see if I can get to that. Um, awesome. Man, I'm excited. And if I come out in Nashville, I want to come and check it out. Yeah, you got to come by the shop. Yeah, whereabouts in Nashville? I'm uh, right on the back end of Berry Hill. Berry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. I know where on, you're at. On Grandview Avenue. Yep. Okay. Fantastic. Very cool. Mate, a real pleasure. Very, My very pleasure. cool. Yeah, yeah. No, really enjoyed it. This is, uh, this is a piece of art yeah. that kicks ass. <laughs> I like you. it. Awesome. We'll have to get you one. Oh, man, I'd love to get one. I've been meaning you.
Ah, uh, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed that. Mr. Todd Sharp, thank you so much. What a great bloke and uh, a, a great story. I mean, he's one of us, right? He's a player. He's fucking great songwriter, great player. Toured the world and um, got to do his thing with Hall of Notes and, you know, Fleetwood Mac and everyone else and Rod Stewart, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes on to fucking build amazing amplifiers. It's awesome. It's really, really cool. So, um, yeah, if you go check out his amplifiers, you're going to like it. If that's, you know, what you like, yeah, check them out. ToddSharpAmps.com uh, Thank you again, Todd Sharp. That was awesome. And, um, God, i got to get to uh, Nashville and go visit him it's been a little while so i apologize for that todd and i did get to go to the amp show and play his amps and i fucking loved him and i just wanted to write him a check on the spot but i can't because you bastards haven't donated enough (laughs) i'm joking you know that um so please donate more so i can go get a todd sharp amp a kelly amp and a dr z and you know what the fuck is up with Pete Thorne with all those gear in the background? Pete, you got to stop that, mate. You can't be just, like, showing off all that gear in the background. It's just driving us nuts. <laughs> I see his videos and I see all that gear in the background. I'm like, motherfucker. Same with Timmy Pierce. <laughs> anyway, uh, Monday, <laughs> go uh, Guitar Wank. Uh, I think we're going to continue on with John Sir. Why not, right? Because it's, it's just great listening to these guys. Uh, Scott's on the road. I think Scott's in fucking Europe somewhere. Uh, Bruce is in Carmel. I don't know. He's playing a gig every night. I'm fucking in North Hollywood. <laughs> anyway, uh, lots of love, guys. We th- so th- appreciate all the support that we're getting. We're getting a new website. Um, and, yeah, a lot's happening. So just stick with us if you feel like bailing. All those other podcasts, you know they suck dog balls anyway, so don't bother. (laughs) All right, I'll shut up. All right, go have a great weekend. Uh, All the Americans have a great labor. No, what is it? Memorial Day weekend. Fuck the veterans. Man, if you served, fucking hats off to you. Massive respect and all that. My grandfather was a a vet and um, huge respect. We thank you what you do and what you've done. Massive respects. To anyone that served in any of the, the armed forces, um, fuck the government. But any other than that, you know what I mean. All right. Goodbye. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. All right, guys. Guitar Wing Podcast Monday. Uh, spread the word. Donations. Guitar uh, guitar mugs. No, Guitar Wing mugs and uh, T-shirts. Seriously, I haven't been drinking. It's just been a long day. All right. <laughs> Later. Bye.